Would you lift your hands in the presence of the Lord tonight? There's a sweet, sweet spirit of the Lord that has just walked into this building tonight. Come on, would you lift your hearts with your hands right now? In the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Does anybody feel that right there? Come on. Come on, let's take just a moment and entertain that sweet, sweet wind of the Holy Ghost that I feel blowing in this house tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. It is indeed a privilege and an absolute honor to be back in Dangerfield, Texas. Hallelujah. And certainly a double honor to be here on this occasion, the inaugural uh, week of Next Level Conference. And I am so excited for the vision of this house and what God wants to use this church and this ministry to spawn all across this state in this country. Anybody here excited to be a part of that tonight? Hallelujah. Should the Lord tarry, you're going to look back one day and say, I was at the very first one. I remember when we had it back in the old building. I thought I might get a few more amens than that. No, that, that ain't the old building across the street. This, this is the old building. Yee. Hallelujah. I am so excited to be here. Absolutely uh, love Pastor and Sister Williams. And uh, they are truly like family to me. And love this church. I bring you greetings from my family. Uh, from Fort Myers, Florida, they said, you tell that church that we love them and they would have loved to have been here. And uh, so I bring greetings in Jesus' name from them. And I am looking forward to what God is going to do in the next couple of days in this sanctuary. I feel an anticipation and an expectation in the Holy Ghost. And I am believing God. I am looking forward to the ministry uh, tomorrow morning during the day, Pastor Wesley Jackson, very dear friend of mine, and uh, know that the Lord is directing him with the word for this house. And then tomorrow night, the ministry of Pastor Mark Copeland, and I am so glad he's here tonight. I love and respect this great man of God. I appreciate him. And uh, man, I was just feeling at home during this worship service and Brother Rogers got up, and uh, I was going to jump up on the pulpit like he did. I just decided not to. Uh, well, do me if, I, if you see me squat down like I'm about to try, one of y'all come rescue me because I have lost my mind, all right? Y'all just come get me real quick. Hallelujah. Anybody come hungry for the word of the Lord tonight? I, I, I didn't come with a pretty sermon tonight. I didn't come to try and impress you with a conference message. I came with a word for Dangerfield, Texas tonight. I believe the theme of the conference this year is taking soul winning to the next level. And I feel like the Lord wants me to speak a word to you 
to that end tonight. The book of James chapter 5 and verse 16 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me. James chapter 5 and verse 16. At home, I tell him, if you have it, somebody shout, word up. That Dangerfield that may not understand that. Uh, if you ain't got it yet, say, hold up. <laughs> word up, I hear word up. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that she may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you were to break down the words effectual and fervent etymologically tonight, it is a double adjective, both the word effectual and fervent are the same word. They, they are the original word energeo from which we derive our word energetic or energy. And if you were to break down the phrase availeth much, it is the original word eschuo which means to release much force. And so if you were to read this verse in that context, the end of it would say the energetic energetic or the mighty mighty prayer of a righteous man releases much force and for a few moments tonight I want to preach to you about supernatural weapons of mass destruction would you put your Bibles down and lift up your hands all over this house tonight come on I need somebody to join I feel the Holy Ghost right now pairing up with us in this house come on I, I feel a shift in the atmosphere of this house happening right now come on on the opening night of next level conference is there anybody that would engage the Holy Ghost right now is there anybody in this house that right now would begin to engage the Holy Ghost Woo! Ah. come on lift up your voice lift up your voice the energetic, energetic prayer of a righteous man releases force. Woo. Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. In the early 1900s, Albert Einstein was credited with helping to discover and develop something that we call today nuclear science. Uh, a nuclear weapon is a weapon which derives its destructive force from nuclear reactions of fission or fusion. As a result, even a nuclear weapon with a small yield is significantly more powerful than the largest conventional explosives. And a single weapon is capable of destroying an entire city. Thus the term weapon of mass destruction. There are two basic types of nuclear weapons. Is this alright tonight? The first are weapons which produce their explosive energy through nuclear fission reactions alone. 
These are known colloquially as uh, atomic bombs or A-bombs or fission bombs. And in fission weapons, a mass of fissile material, usually enriched uranium or plutonium, is assembled into a supercritical mass. And either by shooting one piece of subcritical material into another uh, or by, uh, by, by compressing a subcritical sphere of material, chemical explosives into many times its original density. And the latter approach is considered more sophisticated than the former. And the only way you can use the latter approach uh, is if the, uh, you use plutonium as the fissile material for the bomb. A major challenge in all nuclear weapon designs is to ensure that a significant fraction of the fuel is consumed before the weapon destroys itself. The amount of energy released by just one fission bomb can range between the equivalent of less than a ton of TNT to upwards around 500,000 tons of TNT. The second basic type of nuclear weapon produces a large amount of its energy through nuclear fusion reactions and can be over a thousand times more powerful than fission bombs as fusion reactions release much more energy per unit of mass than fission reactions. These are known as hydrogen bombs or H-bombs or thermonuclear bombs. And only six countries have ever uh, attempted to use these types of bombs. The United States, Russia, the United Kingdom, the People's Republic of China, France, and India. And uh, they are the only countries that have ever attempted to detonate one of these types of bombs. In the history of warfare, nuclear weapons have been used only twice, both during the closing days of World War II. The first event occurred on the morning of August 6, 1945, when the United States dropped a uranium gun-type device codenamed Little Boy on the Japanese city of Hiroshima. The second event occurred three days later when the United States dropped a, a plutonium implosion type device codenamed Fat Man on the city of Nagasaki. The use of these weapons resulted in the immediate deaths of around 120,000 people and even more over time. Japan was prepared to fight until the death in an allied attack from the United States. But with the deployment of these weapons, they had officially surrendered within two days. At the height of their production, the U.S. is said to have had over 15,000 weapons of mass destruction. And although the epicentric force of the explosion is staggering, the greatest threat comes from what is termed as fallout. 
residual radiation hazard, radioactive particles and dust that continue to fall from the sky and contaminate the environment. But in order for there to be a nuclear reaction, there has to be a release of force that initiates the reaction. The potential of the supercritical material can only be realized when there is a release of force that causes critical mass to be achieved. You have to understand tonight that when we pray something begins uh, to happen. Uh, you've got to get a revelation tonight uh, that when uh, we pray, uh, there is a reaction uh, that begins to happen uh, in the supernatural. Uh, when we pray, uh, there is a release uh, and a force of power uh, that only happens uh, in Holy Ghost prayer. Uh, there is something that is released uh, in the supernatural that cannot be achieved behind a microphone that cannot be achieved on a drum set that cannot be achieved on a keyboard that cannot be achieved by your dance that cannot be achieved by you clapping your hands but it only happens when we pray the greatest potential of our church is not our worship service and it's not our outreach program but the most powerful weapon that we possess as a church is our ability to pray in the Holy Ghost I wish I had some witnesses on this first night of next level conference if we're going to take soul winning to the next level we've got to have a revelation of Holy Ghost prayer Come on, somebody. Uh, there is unbelievable uh, potential uh, in this house tonight. Uh, there is unbelievable potential uh, within every one of you uh, sitting on a pew tonight. Uh, Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, uh, But ye shall uh, receive uh, power. It's the word dunamis from which we get the word dynamite. Ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Oh I believe that tonight on this first night of this conference there could be a shift in the there can be a shift uh, in the paradigm of this church. Uh, I believe on the first night uh, of this conference, uh, we can cross uh, a threshold of power and anointing uh, and purpose uh, that will forever change uh, the destiny uh, of this house. Uh, God sent me to Dangerfield, Texas uh, to preach to you tonight. It's time uh, for Next Level Church uh, to detonate uh, the potential of revival within these four walls. We are sitting on the potential of a world-wide revival. There is a reaction that can come from this service tonight that will blow past the four walls of this house and blow past the containment of this city and outside of Morris County and all across Texas into the rest of the world if there is a church uh, that has a revelation uh, of the potential of power.
power that is only available when we pray. The energetic, energetic prayer of a righteous man uh, releases uh, force uh, brother copeland uh, i am getting weary uh, and concerned uh, of going to churches uh, where we know how to shout uh, and we're focused uh, on what happens on a platform uh, but there are empty prayer rooms uh, and when it's time to pray uh, we sit on a pew uh, like a catholic uh, running a rosary uh, what happened to the days uh, when we would be on our feet uh, and there would be mamas uh, travailing in the Holy Ghost. Uh, what happened to the days uh, when service would start uh, and there were people stuck uh, in a prayer room uh, shut up under the unction uh, of the Holy Ghost? Uh, hear me, Dangerfield, Texas. Uh, if we're going to take soul winning uh, to the next level, uh, we've got to get a revelation uh, that we have a supernatural weapon of mass destruction in our prayer. Second Corinthians chapter 10 uh, says for the weapons uh, of our warfare uh, are not carnal, uh, but they are mighty, uh, mighty uh, through God uh, to the pulling down uh, of strongholds, uh, casting down uh, imaginations. Uh, come on, somebody in this place, uh, you need a fresh revelation uh, of the weapon of prayer. Uh, I feel the Holy Ghost uh, challenging us in this house. Uh, is it going to be just a banner uh, for a conference invite? Uh, or are we serious uh, about taking it to the next level? Uh, we can talk about it uh, or we can do it tonight. Uh, we can preach about prayer uh, or somebody could hook up uh, in the Holy Ghost tonight uh, and say, I refuse uh, to sit in my pew uh, while the Holy Ghost uh, is stirring up uh, the gift inside uh, of this church. That's why there is such an opposition uh, to Holy Ghost prayer uh, from hell. Uh, go ahead and say your little prayer. Uh, just don't let it reach critical mass. Uh, go ahead and do your little formality, uh, but don't let it get too out of hand. Uh, go ahead and do just enough prayer uh, to have the appearance uh, of power. Uh, but whatever you do, uh, don't cross that threshold uh, of engagement in the Holy Ghost uh, where it gets out of control, uh, where a reaction begins to happen uh, that you can't put back in the box uh, where a reaction begins to happen uh, that goes beyond the limits uh, of our capabilities uh, that reaches beyond the limits uh, of our programs uh, yeah, somebody in this place E.M. Bounds in his book on prayer the essentials of prayer said prayer is the weapon that does the most destruction and it is the one that we use the least Oswald said this he said prayer does not prepare us for the great work 
prayer is the greater work. Everything proceeds out of prayer. Everything proceeds out of relationship. My God, I need this church to hear me tonight. It doesn't matter how much effort, how much money, how much time, how much of our skill we put into everything else. If we don't invest in prayer, then we are missing the nucleus of power for the church. We are missing the foundation of what the apostolic church was birthed from. We are missing the very, come on somebody, the Holy Ghost is challenging us in this house tonight. I am not speaking politically tonight, but I'm trying to get you to consider something. It has been and is the goal of our current president to eradicate every single nuclear warhead in the United States military arsenal. This would leave us at a distinct disadvantage against enemies of this country that would want to destroy us. And it is the goal of the enemy to eradicate Holy Ghost prayer in an apostolic church. Go ahead and do your other little things, but let's not let the prayer room flourish. Let's focus on every other area of our church. Just don't get too crazy uh, about the prayer room. Come on, somebody. Uh, I need somebody to jump on this bandwagon with me tonight. Uh, ah, the enemy doesn't care uh, how much we run and shout. Uh, he doesn't care how much uh, we hoop and holler. Uh, if the prayer rooms are empty, uh, if the prayer rooms are shallow, uh, then he has a revelation uh, that a prayerless church uh, is a powerless church. Uh, hear me, somebody. Uh, the best you'll ever have uh, without Holy Ghost prayer is a cheap imitation of the genuine power that God has for his church Too many times when we're focused on revival uh, and soul winning, uh, we're looking at, we're counting pews. Uh, we're counting people. And I'm four numbers. Uh, we had a whole bunch of them get the Holy Ghost last year. Uh, and every soul that walks in uh, is another one that's not on its way to hell. I believe in all of that. Uh, but the greatest indication uh, of soul winning and revival uh, cannot be measured in the sanctuary. It's measured in a prayer room. Revival in a prayer room will produce revival in a sanctuary. Ooh, if we can somehow fill up, uh, I'm not concerned uh, with filling up my sanctuary. Uh, I'm concerned with filling up my prayer room. Uh, I'm not concerned uh, with filling the empty pews. Uh, they'll take care of themselves. Uh, I'm concerned about an empty prayer room. Uh, I'm not concerned about empty pews uh, in a sanctuary. I'm concerned about the empty space uh, in a prayer room. Why is it that proportionately uh, our sanctuaries uh, are ten times larger than our prayer rooms? Uh, we don't put the effort uh, and the focus. Uh, but you hear me, somebody, uh, if we ever get the revelation uh, that our greatest hour of revival uh, and the greatest potential uh, of soul winning uh, is in our prayer room, uh, there is no force in hell uh, that will stop this church uh, from taking this city. Uh, there is no opposition uh, there is no carnal spirit. Huh? Come on, somebody in this place. 
A prayerless church doesn't scare the devil. He ain't afraid. He ain't afraid of our holiness. And I believe in it. I hope I don't have to qualify all of this tonight. He's not afraid of all of that stuff. He's not afraid of the landscaping outside of our properties uh, or even the flyers that we hand out on outreach. Uh, what scares hell uh, to death uh, is a church that fills up a prayer room. Uh, what scares the enemy uh, is a church uh, that learns how to get in a walk uh, into a depth of prayer with God uh, that begins to tear down strongholds, uh, that begins to come out. Uh, there are some things uh, that you can never accomplish uh, outside of the work uh, of prayer uh, no matter how hard you try uh, no matter how much effort you give uh, you will end up on the short side of the stick uh, you will be frustrated uh, because it can only uh, be accomplished uh, in Holy Ghost prayer there ought to be an overflow uh, that comes from our prayer rooms uh, into our sanctuaries. Uh, there ought to be a momentum that is built uh, into our prayer services uh, that when we open up with the very first song, uh, there is a power uh, and an anointing uh, that flows from that place of prayer into our service. We wouldn't have to spend 15 minutes uh, getting somebody to get woke up. Uh, we wouldn't have to spend 20 minutes uh, getting people's mind on what's happening. Uh, if we got back to old-fashioned uh, prayer, uh, if we come on somebody, uh, I know this isn't popular preaching tonight, uh, but this is the answer uh, to taking soul winning uh, to the next level. Can I preach it like I feel tonight? I've got a sister-in-law who has an incredible testimony. She lived like the devil. Got married to a man that was involved in witchcraft. Had children. Lived a party life, drug, everything that went with the lifestyle. And God's reached down and rescued her, filled her with the Ghost. She was baptized in Jesus' name and started living for God. Of course, the enemy wasn't too happy with that. Her husband opposed her, created so much conflict in the home. She came home one night, one night, one day from work. All of her belongings were outside on the front yard. The locks were changed on the door. Her and the kids were just kicked onto the curb. She moved to California, got plugged into church, and she began to develop a walk with God. She began to develop a relationship with God that became so powerful. It became so powerful. You see, isn't it ironic that sometimes the more uh, that God blesses us uh, and gives us increase, uh, the further away from Him we become. Uh, the more distracted uh, and separated. Uh, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, when we were broke, busted, and disgusted, uh, we'd be on our face two or three times a day uh, saying, God, I need you. Uh, God, I can't make it without you. Uh, God, I can't live uh, another moment. Uh, but you let a year or two of blessing come by in our life and our place of prayer on our knees becomes less and less frequent she was desperate for God and she would wake up she still does it 
5 o'clock every morning. And she had a little apartment, Pastor Williams. And she would wake up every morning, 5 o'clock. And she would sit on her little chair with the lamp on. And she would crack open her Bible. And she would begin to read the word of the Lord. And she would fall on her knees. And she would pray before God every single day. And she got a burden in her heart to become a soul winner. She got a burden in her heart to start reaching the lost. She said, I'm going to start right here in the apartment complex that I live in. And so she got her pastor and a couple of men together. And late one night, they showed up with a bottle of oil. And while everybody was sleeping, they went to the front door of every one of those doors in that apartment complex and anointed it with oil and prayed over every door in that apartment complex in Jesus' name. God, bring revival. Uh, in Jesus name uh, and, and, and they decided to start a Bible study at the, at the complex they have a little uh, a little recreation room uh, that the residents can use and so uh, they started handing out flyers for a Bible study uh, and all of a sudden one uh, and two uh, and three started to come uh, and she was waking up every day uh, praying and interceding uh, for the souls uh, of that place that she lived in uh, and one morning as she was praying she got up to pray. Her kids were sleeping. They, they didn't wake up at 5 o'clock with her. Hello, thank you, Jesus. And so her prayer, her early morning prayer, wasn't loud. It wasn't boisterous. But it was consistent. And it was deep. And it was faithful. And it was real. And she woke up one morning and, and very quietly she had the blinds shut to the house. Uh, she, she, she lives in a circular, uh, a rectangular area. There's a, a plaza in the middle of where all the residents live. Uh, and everybody has back porches that face uh, this little area. And she has blinds and they're closed. Uh, and one morning uh, she, she turned on the light uh, and quietly she sat in her chair. Uh, and, and very quietly she began to pray, uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus and all of the sudden she heard a, a scream erupt from across the courtyard that said stop five o'clock in the morning it scared her she thought well maybe somebody's having a domestic dispute or something after a moment she bows her head and very quietly Lord in the name of Jesus I said stop it this time she knew there's something going on here she said Jesus name in Jesus name all of a sudden she heard footsteps coming down the hallway and a bang on the door stop it she wasn't speaking loud enough for anybody within five feet of her to hear her but it's a supernatural weapon. And she knew what she was up against. She didn't say anything for another few minutes. And she said lightly, You've gotten it. The voice begin to cuss her out. I said, you've got to stop it. 
She had a teenage daughter who was back and forth between homes, her home and the father's home. She lived for a little while with a father who was into witchcraft and then come home to her apostolic mama's house and her children were caught in the midst of struggle for their souls and she said ah, I've got my daughters have to see this she went and got the oldest daughter woke her up and said come here I want you to see something come here baby come and sit next to me she said watch this Stop! You've got to stop! Then she said, now... I'm going to take authority. And she stood on her feet and she walked to the front door and laid her hands on that door and began to pray in the name of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And the voice started going crazy, started pounding on the wall. You've got to stop. After two or three minutes, the footsteps started running the other direction. A few days later, she found out uh, that a woman down the, down the way uh, that she had felt something about uh, had been evicted from the house. Uh, she was into witchcraft uh, and all sorts of sorcery. Uh, within a few weeks uh, the Bible study exploded uh, 20, 30, 40 uh, I think they've got almost 60 people uh, in that Bible study uh, not because somebody uh, knew all the answers uh, not because of a special program uh, but because somebody had a revelation uh, of the supernatural weapons of mass destruction hear me hear me next level church if we're serious about taking so winning to the next level it starts with our commitment to prayer See, we'll shout uh, and do cartwheels uh, if I was preaching about blessing. Uh, if I was talking about God uh, giving you a new car uh, and a new house uh, in 2015, uh, some of y'all be running the aisles. Uh, but you start to preach uh, about the power of prayer uh, and people sit down uh, and a spirit of oppression. Uh, that, that ought to be an indicator uh, to this church. Uh, do push me, devil. Uh, you ain't seen me pray yet. Uh, don't you push me, devil. Uh, you ain't seen uh, I need some, come on, uh, I need some prayer warriors in this building uh, to begin to respond uh, in this house tonight. Uh, there is something uh, that is about to set off uh, in this building tonight. Uh, there is a reaction uh, in the Holy Ghost uh, that is about to take off uh, in this building. Uh, and it's not going to come uh, from our pretty music. Uh, it's not going to come uh, because we've got a nice building uh, or a new sign. Uh, it's going to come uh, because there's there are some people in this building that get a revelation of the power of prayer. Come on. Come on, Next Level Church. The title of this year's theme is not just a catchy phrase, but it's got to be something we mean business about. It's all right, Pastor Williams. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus enters the synagogue. The Bible says that he stands before the people. He begins to quote the prophecy. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because this is his mission statement, if you will. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. It sounds like so winning to me. He hath sent me to preach deliverance unto the captives and recovering of sight unto the blind. He hath anointed me to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he hands the book to the minister. And he begins the journey of his ministry. And the Bible says that he picks out 12 men. And they begin to follow him. And they are becoming disciples. The word disciple comes from the word discipline. They begin to learn how to discipline their life after his life. You got to understand that being a disciple was more than just studying somebody. They lived with him. It was communion with him. Every day, I've got to walk where he walks. I've got to go where he goes. I've got to eat what he eats. I've got to feel what he feels. And we begin to read the, 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 we begin to read the resume of God and the miraculous power that begins to be unleashed as he begins to heal blinded eyes and he heals the leper and he raises somebody from the dead. All of these miracles and if you begin to count the chronology of the miraculous and you begin to look at the storyline unfold, there comes a particular particular point in his ministry where these disciples have witnessed uh, 26 miracles uh, not including Jesus own birth uh, four of them being demonic exorcisms and the Bible says one day a man comes to the disciples and he brings his son with him and the Bible says that his son had a spirit of suicide on him and I don't know the scenario. I don't know why Jesus wasn't with the disciples at that moment. But the disciples are standing there. Jesus normally handles this kind of thing. Uh, uh, he's not here right now. Uh, what do we do? Uh, well, he's not here. What do we do with this? Uh, well, uh, we've been watching him do it. Uh, we've been watching all the miracles. Uh, I think I can do it. I think I know what it looks like. Uh, uh, and so uh, they call the young man. Come on, son. Uh, come here. Uh, this, this, this young man doesn't have a spirit of suicide here. I think I know what we're supposed to do. He calls. Uh, come on, uh, he brings some of the other disciples. Come on, uh, come, come with me, a couple of y'all. Uh, I think what we're supposed to do uh, is I'm going to lay my hands right here, uh, and I want you to lay your hands here, uh, and you lay, you put your hand right here on his chest. Uh, and you know, I think uh, we got to shake him a little bit. That's uh, that's how people are delivered, you know. Uh, whoo, uh, and we got to pray really loud. Uh, that's part of it. Come on, so we. Uh, I could pray louder than all y'all without my microphone. Come on. We got And and they they I don't know what it was, but they did their best to help the young man. But at some point in time, brother Copeland, they said, whatever we're doing isn't working. Uh, 
Anybody beside me, preachers, uh, know what it's like to have somebody come into your altar uh, and you want to see them be delivered uh, and you pray and you do whatever, uh, but you know when they walk out, uh, they're carrying the same change uh, that they walked in with. Uh, and our tendency as a church uh, is to say, well, they must have not really been ready to, for deliverance. Well, they, they must have not quite been hungry enough, uh, uh, Brother Howard, uh, for the deliverance. Uh, we put the pressure uh, back on the lost soul. Uh, we don't assume the responsibility. Uh, oh, but just a few verses later, uh, somewhere that man was desperate. Uh, he said, well, if you can't help me, uh, I'm going to keep on looking for Jesus. Uh, and he finally finds where Jesus is. And when he gets in front of him... His testimony is an indictment to the disciples. I brought my son to your disciples and they could not help him. The place where I'm supposed to be able to get deliverance. You know that church down there uh, at the end of the city, that big building. Uh, can I preach to us in the building tonight? Uh, come on. Uh, the place where uh, I was told God does miracles. Uh, I was told, uh, but I brought my son uh, and they couldn't do anything uh, about it. Jesus comes frustrated. You read it when you get home. Calls the boy to him. And in one sentence, cast out the demon. And apparently the disciples were off on the side watching this take place. I can imagine what that looked like. They're standing over here. Yeah, let's see him try it. We've done yeah, been down this road. Yeah, go ahead, pray for him. See what happens. Go ahead, Jesus, pray for him. We done prayed an hour for him. Jesus says one sentence, and he's gone. And they're sitting there like, oh, that's how they felt. You just got to read between the lines. The Bible said they went to Jesus and pulled him to the side. <laughs> they were embarrassed. They were embarrassed. And when they pulled him to the side, they said, why, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do it? And there were three things that Jesus addressed. I don't have to preach all of them. He said, number one, you've got unbelief in your heart. But then he tells them, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. There's a certain level of deliverance in our church that you may be able to orchestrate with counseling and with tapping them on the back and loving them. There might be a certain level of breaks, but if you're really going to break the strongholds of hell over this city and this county, there is only one answer. There has to be a church that has a revelation of the supernatural weapons of mass destruction. Come on, uh, just trying to do the right format, uh, uh, the right procedure, uh, the right technique. That's what they were talking about. How did Jesus do it again? Uh, how did he hold it? Was it? You better hear me. Uh, I believe in techniques. Uh, I believe in programs. Uh, we're trying to do them at our church. Uh, I believe in organized efforts, uh, but there is nothing. Uh, you hear me? Uh, there is nothing uh, that takes the place uh, of Holy Ghost uh, prayer.
I wish I had a better response than this tonight. Uh, there is nothing. Uh, come on, uh, if you want to take soul winning uh, to the next level, uh, it starts uh, with Holy Ghost uh, prayer. Daniel, who was a young man, prayed, and an entire nation was delivered from idolatry. I believe that as a church, we can get into a position of prayer where we begin to see entire units delivered. I believe Pastor Williams, God is going to open the door if this church will position itself where you will step into pulpits that are not apostolic in this community and there will be entire churches that are delivered and converted. God does not just want to bring addition. He wants to bring multiplication to this church. Uh, and come on, uh, we don't have enough time uh, before his return uh, to dilly dally around uh, with one here uh, and one there. Uh, if you will pray, uh, God wants to give you a mass revival. You're going to have to build two baptismal tanks because it'll take too long with one. But that's got to be more than hype and talk from a platform. It comes by prayer and fasting. Prayer. Come on, there is a call in this house back to a walk with God. There is a call. Come on, I'm not saying take your eye off of everything else you got going. But I'm telling you, it's time to make the main thing the main thing again. If we're going to step into the next level of soul winning, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Come on, there's some of us looking at me like a mule looking at a new gate tonight. Uh, there ought to be a wake-up call in your spirit uh, that is making you uncomfortable. Uh, there ought to be something right now uh, driving you out of your pew uh, that says, I've got to get in that altar. Uh, I've got to get to a place uh, of prayer. You hear me? Uh, Jesus prayed uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that he prayed uh, as it were. Uh, his sweat uh, was like great uh, drops uh, of blood. Uh, his prayer uh, was so intense uh, that he left a pool uh, of sweat. Uh, on when is the last time uh, that you buried your face uh, in a prayer room uh, and prayed uh, until puddles uh, of tears were underneath you. Calvary was the result of a Gethsemane prayer meeting. The resurrection was a result of a Gethsemane prayer meeting. Come on. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous church availeth much. Come on, next level. Come on, next level. Come on, next level. God is calling us tonight. Come on, I want to finish preaching. But there is a call of God in this house to a walk with Him. There is a call to repentance in this house. Come on, next level. Come on. Our prayer meeting ought to be louder than our song service. Our prayer meeting ought to be more exuberant 
something or preaching uh, our prayer meeting uh, ought to be deeper uh, than anything else uh, that we do in this house uh, my house uh, shall be called uh, a house uh, of prayer Come on, next level. Don't you dare bury your head and let the devil keep your mouth shut. It's time for somebody to open up your mouth and begin a reaction and release a force that will cause a chain reaction in the supernatural tonight. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on all over this house. Come on all over this building. Come on all over this building tonight. Come on next level. We're taking soul winning to the next level. And the way up is down. The way higher is deeper. The way to get it off the ground is to put our face back to the ground tonight. Come on. Come on. Come on, Dangerfield. We can only go as high as we are willing to go deep. Our height will be in direct proportion to our depth. Where God elevates us to will be to the proportion to which we humble ourselves to. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, I'm pleading with this church. uh, Don't you bypass uh, the potential uh, and the destiny uh, of this house uh, and the revival uh, that God has called you to. uh. You've got to wage war uh, against carnality. uh. You've got to wage war uh, against weariness. uh. You've got to come against uh, every force of evil uh, that is trying to stop uh, your prayer life, uh, that is trying to thwart uh, your prayer meeting. Uh, that is trying to come against uh, the revival uh, that's in your prayer room. Come on, uh, come on, don't get distracted uh, everywhere else uh, and miss the battleground uh, where the real fight uh, is taking place. Come on, I need some intercessors in this house uh, that know how to pray uh, to dig deep tonight. Uh, Come on, I need some young men. uh, I need some men of God uh, that know how to put it down uh, and grab a hold uh, of something in the spirit tonight. Uh, I need some women of God uh, that know how to dig deep uh, and grab a hold uh, of what God uh, is trying to do tonight. Come on. Come on. Do we really want it like we say we do? Do we really want to see deliverance in our altars the way we say that we do? Do we really want to turn our city upside down like we say we do? Come on. Our revival is not measured by our attendance in the sanctuary, but it's measured by our attendance to the prayer room in an altar of prayer. Come on, come on, next level. Somebody needs to respond to the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Come on, come on. When's the last time uh, you grabbed a hold of a burden uh, for a lost soul uh, 
and wept and cried and prayed in the Holy Ghost until you felt a breakthrough. When's the last time you forgot about dignity and you laid prostrate across the floor in calling out to God? Come on, when's the last time some of you men pulled your tie off and forgot about what time it is and made up in your mind I'm going to pray until I break through. I'm going to press until something is released. Come on. Come on. Come on, next level. Come on, next level. Come on, next level. Come on. I believe God wants to shift the paradigm of this church tonight. I believe God wants to completely shift the level at which this church is operating on tonight. Come on. Come on. Where two or three agree. I just need a handful tonight that make up your mind. I'm not getting up off this altar until I feel chains breaking. I'm not getting up off this altar until I feel a release in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, next level. Come on. It's got to come from within. It can't be manipulated by somebody cheerleading you into a frenzy. It can't be manipulated by somebody. Come on, it's got to come from within the depth of your spirit. Come on, it's got to come. Oh, God. If my people which are called by my name uh, will humble themselves uh, and pray uh, and seek my face uh, and turn then I will come on God wants to make a deal with you next level he said if you pray then I will come on next level God wants to make a deal with you if you pray then I will Come on. Is there anybody that will accept the challenge? Is there anybody that will accept God's challenge tonight? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, somebody. God's calling you deeper. Come on, He's calling you deeper. 
Come on, ikatalabash andayalabosa. Katorobosha andayalamasata. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, somewhere we got to fight against the pressure. When God moves like He's moving tonight, to sit back and take it for granted what the Holy Ghost is doing. Come on. Come on. The book of Acts revival was born out of a church that was unified in prayer. Come on, next level. Come on. Come on. Come on, release it into the spiritual realm tonight. Come on, release it into the supernatural tonight. Kotoramashata yalabosaya. <laughs> 